Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our very dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you also the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also on that drop-down menu, under online edition, there's an option to subscribe to have a daily excellent email sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the text reading that we share here this morning as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we're continuing our reading of Chapter 1, Introduction to Miracles. Section 1, Principles of Miracles. Today we'll be reading uh, paragraph numbers 39 through 49. Those paragraphs cover miracle principles, the larger number of the two that you see. Miracle principles 29 through 35. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Review lesson. Whoopsie daisy, not review. (laughs) I'm thinking that. Um, Lesson number 3. I do not understand anything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, or in this place. And Fran will be leading us this morning once again uh, at the top of the hour. Let me give a few moments to our lesson. Let's see now. <clears throat> By way of opening this morning, I was directed to a lovely little poem. Whoopsie daisy. The book fell down. Um... From Meister Eckhart's Book of the Heart. Just a beautiful little poem called, Can You Do This? Can You Do This? It goes like this. The soul wants nothing but God. The soul that wants nothing but God must forsake everything, even God. As long as we have and know who God is, we don't. As long as we have and know who God is, we don't. We are far away. So can you let your notions die? This is the smallest death a soul can undergo before it becomes divine. Can you let your notions die? Isn't that something? I do not understand anything oh amen thank you Lori. thank you so appropriate thank Perfect. you yeah uh, yeah that was a great great little find can you do this i thought you liked it guys thanks i liked it too Alrighty. let's see now here's our reading list This morning we have Robin Marie, Fran, Karen, Diana, and Jennifer. We're joined in listening this morning by Judy and Harrison. If anyone else joined us that would like to be on the reading list, you just say good morning. Good morning, Lori. It's Lana. Um, I am going to have to listen today, but I'll be here. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Thanks. Thanks so much. Alrighty. So today, 
Section 1, Introduction to Miracle, or Chapter 1, Introduction to Miracles, Section 1, Introduction to Miracle Principles, starting with Paragraph 39, or Miracle Principle 29. Miracles are a way of earning release from fear. Robin Bray. Miracle 29, paragraph 39. Miracles are a way of earning release from fear. 40. Revelation induces a state in which fear has already been abolished. Miracles are thus a means, and revelation is an end. In this sense, they work together. Miracles do not depend on revelation. They induce it. Revelation is intensely personal and cannot actually be translated into conscious content at all. That is why any attempt to describe it in words is usually incomprehensible. Revelation induces only experience. Miracles, on the other hand, induce interpersonal action. Miracles are more useful now because of their impersonal nature. In this phase of learning, working miracles is more important because freedom from fear cannot be thrust upon you. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Fran. Paragraph 40. Revelation induces a state in which fear has already been abolished. Miracles are thus a means, and revelation is an end. In this sense, they work together. Miracles do not depend on revelation. They induce it. Revelation is intensely personal and cannot actually be translated into conscious content at all. That is why any attempt to describe it in words is usually incomprehensible. Revelation induces only experience. Miracles, on the other hand, induce interpersonal action. Miracles are more useful now because of their impersonal nature. In this phase of learning, working miracles is more important because freedom from fear cannot be thrust upon you. Miracle 30, paragraph 41. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring his creations, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification. By perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment. This places the spirit at the center where souls can communicate directly. Thank you, Fran. And Karen. Paragraph 41, Miracle Principle 30. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring his creations, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification. 
By perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment. This places the spirit at the center where souls can communicate directly. Paragraph 42, Miracle Principle 31. Miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. Man should thank God for what he really is. The children of God are very holy, and the miracle honors their holiness. Thank you, Karen and Diana. Hi, Diana. I had to walk away for one moment. What, what, um, what number, please? You'll be reading par- par- paragraphs 42 and 43, uh, Miracle okay. Principle 31. Miracle, miracle number one, 31. Mir- miracles should inspire gratitude. Not odd. Ah, men should thank God for what they He really is. The children of God are very holy, and the miracles honor their holiness. Forty-three. God's creations never lose their holiness, although it can be hidden. The miracle uncovers it and brings it into the light where it belongs. Holiness can never really um, be hidden in darkness, but man can deceive himself about it. The illusions make him fearful because he knows in his heart it is an illusion. And he experts enormous efforts to establish its reality. The miracle sets reality where it belongs. Eternal reality belongs only to the soul and the miracle acknowledges only the truth. It is thus dispels man's illusions about himself and puts him in communication with himself and God. Thank you, Diana. Um, Let's see here. Oh, and Jennifer. Okay. Uh, God's creations never lose their holiness, although it can be hidden. The miracle uncovers it and brings it into the light where it belongs. Holiness can never be really hidden in darkness. But man can deceive himself about it. This illusion makes him fearful because he knows in his heart it is an illusion. And he exerts enormous efforts to establish its reality. The miracle sets reality where it belongs. Eternal reality belongs only to the soul and the miracle acknowledges only the truth it thus dispels man's illusions about himself and puts him in communion with himself and 
and God, 30, 44, 32. Christ inspires all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede from man's holiness and make his perceptions holy. By placing him beyond the physical laws, they raise him into the sphere of celestial order. (laughs) In this order, man is perfect. Thank you, Jennifer. And would there be a new reader for paragraph 44 and 45? Paragraph 44 and 45. All right, back to you, Robin Marie. Miracle Principle 32, paragraph 44. Christ, <clears throat> Christ inspires all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede for man's holiness and make his perceptions holy. By placing him beyond the physical laws, they raise him into the sphere of celestial order. In this order, man is perfect. 45. The soul never loses its communion with God. Only the mind needs atonement. The miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. This establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its errors. Thank you, Robin Marie and Fran. The soul never loses its communion with God. Only the mind needs atonement. The miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. This establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its error. Miracle Principle 33, Paragraph 46. Miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive delight in him. They thus atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. They release him from a prison in which he has imprisoned himself. And by freeing his mind from illusions, they restore his sanity. Man's mind can be possessed by illusions, but his spirit is eternally free. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within it. But the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. The mind that serves the spirit is invulnerable. Thank you, Fran. Diana. Actually, it's my turn. Oh, gosh, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. You are absolutely right. My mouse (laughs) is laying over my paper. Thank you, Karen. I didn't know I was off mute. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm glad you caught it. Thank you so much. I didn't say that loud on purpose. I'm sorry. (laughs) Paragraph 46. No problem. Miracle Crystal 33. 
Miracles honor man. You're lovable. <laughs> Miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions about him and perceive the light in him. Thus they atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. They release him from a prison in which he has imprisoned himself. And by freeing his mind from illusions, they restore his sanity. Man's mind can be possessed by illusions, but his spirit is eternally free. If a mind perceives without love, it perceives an empty shell and is unaware of the spirit within it. But the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. The mind that serves the spirit is invulnerable. Paragraph 47, Miracle Principle 34. Miracles restore the soul to its fullness. By atoning for lack, they establish perfect protection. The strength of the soul leaves no room for intrusions. The forgiven are filled with the soul, and they forgive in return. It is the duty of the released to release their brothers. Thank you, Karen. And now, Diana. Thank you. Paragraph 47, Miracle Principle 34. Miracles restore the soul to its fullness. By atoning for lack, they establish perfect protection. The strength of the soul leaves no room for intrusions. The forgiven are filled with the soul, and they forgive in return. It is the duty of the released to release their brothers. Paragraph 48. The forgiven are the means of atonement. Those released by Christ must join in releasing their brothers, for this is the plan of the atonement. Miracles are the way in which minds that serve the Spirit unite with Christ for the salvation or release of all soul, all God's creation. Thank you, Diana. And uh, Jennifer. All right, 48. The forgiven are the means of atonement. Those released by Christ must join in releasing their brothers, for this is the plan of the atonement. Miracles are the way in which minds which serve the Spirit unite with Christ for the salvation or release of all God's creations. Miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow that they will always somehow it's being marked off, be effective, (laughs) period. I am the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately because I am the atonement. You have a role in the atonement, which I will dictate 
to you. Ask me which miracles you should perform. This spares you exhaustion because you will act under direct communication. Hmm. Thank you, uh, Jennifer. And is there a new reader that would like to complete our reading today with Miracle Principle 35? Okay, Robin Marie. Miracle 35. Miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow that they will always be effective. I am the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately because I am the atonement. You have a role in the atonement, which I will dictate to you. Ask me which miracles you should perform. This spares you exhaustion because you will act under direct communication. Thank you, Robin Marie, and thank you everyone who read this morning. Uh, these, These principles are just so helpful for organizing Uh, our thoughts and I'm very grateful for everyone who read and and who joins our call to help our understanding grow so uh, with that we have time before the top of the hour and we'll open the floor uh, for any shares Good morning, Karen. Oh, go ahead, Karen. No, please, Jennifer, you go first. Go ahead. Okay, thank you, Karen. Um, I just thought it was very powerful. Uh, One of the principles was talking about listen to me, listen to me, um, and I'll I'll keep you from being exhausted. Um, This is a really big thing that I've been thinking about, well, it's going to be very important for my happiness that I step back and start listening to the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit, what shall I do next? How do you want me to handle this thought or whatever is is coming whatever life is coming to me um is to i need to learn to step back and listen now and then and then proceed in the next right action uh, small things big things um not just at work but but at home everywhere so that's my i just thought that was a miracle <laughs> to read this with you guys um, and and this will will restore me to my fullness is to listen to him first so with that I'm complete thank you 
Thank you, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. I remember uh, one of uh, Robin Marie, the disciples, asked Jesus how to be good, and he said, only God is good. And when you think about it, you know, we're kind of like all on a team, and if somebody is doing something, something, I don't know how to explain it, uh, something good over there, you saw it before and you knew that had to happen, but there's already somebody there doing that. You need to do your part. You need to do exactly where, what and what the Holy Spirit directs you to do because that's, that's your job. So anyway, I like this too. Thank you. Oh, excellent pointer, Robin Bree. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, I used to go to uh, for so many years, like thirty years. I was I was going to the ashram, going to um, a guru, and doing service. And as soon as I would be in her physical presence, I was lifted into the celestial order. But every time I left, I'd go back in the fear. I was in terror all the time. I was in terror because of my childhood history that um, I somehow did a spiritual bypass, but then um, it all came back. So every time I would go to the guru, I would be fine. I would be uplifted into the celestial order. So in the introduction, um, it says an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. And that was the thing. My untrained mind couldn't work with the fear. I was fine when I was there, but I would fall the minute I would leave. And it, Miracle Principle 29 says, miracles are a way of earning release from fear. And what really struck me is... Um, Paragraph 45, the soul never loses its communion with God. Only the mind needs atonement. The miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. And this establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects its errors. The whole course of miracles for me was learning the way out of fear correcting the mind and even now I feel I feel kind of um, guilty <laughs> or torn because while this call is going on there's simultaneously a big program at the, with the guru in India and my sister and my dearest friend are doing that and I'm doing this and I sort of feel guilty sometimes but I have to correct the mind. This is like, you know, it doesn't change my love for that that community or anything, but not correcting the mind, I just can't accomplish anything. An untrained mind can accomplish nothing. And every day we, we, um, we build more truth inside of ourselves. We align 
with the foundation of the Holy Spirit more strength, more um, deeply and strongly. And um, we were talking yesterday about the, going to that deeper unconscious level where miracles happen. And that was like what Lori was reading in the um, her opening this morning. It, to me, it sounded like the place of no mind. You know, I don't understand anything. My ego mind doesn't understand anything. I knew I need to go to the place totally aligned to the Holy Spirit, which is like in Buddhism, they call that no mind. No mind. It's the empty mind where spirit speaks right through me. Um, I don't know if that made any sense, but thank you for letting me share. Made a great deal of sense, Karen. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That that felt really good. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. Since we have some time before the top of the hour, a um, couple of things uh, come to mind as we go through these paragraphs. That, that first one, miracles are a way of earning release from fear. Um, for a long time, it bothered me, you know, because I was... I was very much oriented to salvation being um, God's great gift and act of grace toward sonship, um, which is a given rather than an earning. And so I, I reacted to that word earn for a long time until I realized a couple of things. He explains it further in the next paragraph, but... Um, you know, to choose a mirror, who with the strength of God in them would find it difficult to choose between murder and a miracle uh, is the way to look at that. That helped me out. Um, because one always has a choice in how to respond. The mind always has a choice. Uh, the mind can always elect what it wants to serve. In fact... Um, this is a very important point. In the in the levels of um, perception that he's talking about, one can um, perceive in a strictly bodily sense. One can uh, perceive from the mind, or one can perceive the spirit. And all truth. Um, all truth is at the level of spirit. 
Yeah, and we have so many lessons that point to that. Uh, spirit and mind, safe and healed and whole. Um, and, and from that level, um, one perceives spirit. The important, really important thing to be drawn from, to, into my way of thinking, from these principles is the fact that mind he says mind can be freed from its self-induced prison that prison being the ego the ego mindset the ego mind the, the wrong mind um, however you want to say that the ego mind unaware of truth of course uh, is asleep and dreaming and in those dreams um, experiences um, lots of stuff <laughs> um, but it's all of an illusory nature because it's not in access to the truth the important part to be drawn from these however many six principles is that mind can elect at which level it wants to serve in fact he says very clearly in this work that your mind can only serve as um, the level of consciousness that we talked about yesterday the level of action the mind can only serve and it can only choose between ego or the spirit between prison and freedom and that's why ego, uh, miracles are a way of earning freedom from fear because when I choose the miracle when I choose love I have escaped fear when I choose for the spirit um, my mind is no longer vulnerable I am uh, in a totally different place of awareness um, he says later on there's a miracle principle it's really excellent we'll get to it but I think the points worth emphasizing right now um, I think it's miracle principle 43 he says a major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing man from his misplaced sense of isolation deprivation and lack and that right there those three words isolation deprivation and lack describe uh, one's experience when one is imprisoned by when one's mind is imprisoned by ego awareness so a major contribution of miracles is as I said before as he says here is their release from that self-induced prison goes on to say miracles are affirmations of sonship which is a state of completion and abundance and he says the same thing here um, in, in miracle principle 34 when the soul is restored by miracles to its natural state of abundance completion uh, and truth and reality <laughs> uh, that is eternal and cannot change or be changed the soul then is unalterable because it's already perfect but the mind the mind can elect at which level it chooses to serve mind can elect the only limit which is put on its choice is that it cannot serve two masters either it chooses 
mind chooses to serve the spirit or mind chooses to serve the ego. Always, because mind can only serve. And that's why, <laughs> that's why um, miracles are choosing love, choosing the love option, choosing the spirit option, choosing Holy Spirit direction. It's always a release from fear. Because now my mind is in service of spirit. Perception is rearranged to the spiritual realm. So um, that's my big, uh, uh, um, the big point I wanted to make, I think, in all of these principles is that mind, when mind makes that choice for truth, um, one's choosing the Holy Spirit or the right mind. And I'm complete. That's pretty close to the top of the hour. So maybe we'll, um, <laughs> knowing that mind-serving ego doesn't understand anything, uh, have a look at our lesson today. So Fran, uh, there's a pretty, pretty good inroad. And I'll turn it over to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you for your share. I love being reminded about the choices. I love that. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and we are on lesson three. I do not understand anything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place. And I'll read a little bit from the introduction, and then we'll go over to back to the lesson and do a five-minute practice on it. Introduction. A theoretical foundation, such as the text, is necessary as a background to make these exercises meaningful. An untrained mind can accomplish nothing. The exercises are very simple. They do not require more than a few minutes, and it does not matter where or when you do them. They need no preparation. They are numbered running from 1 to 365. The training period is one year. Do not undertake more than one exercise a day. The purpose of these exercises is to train the mind to a different perception of everything in the world. Unless specified to the contrary, the exercise should be practiced with the eyes open, since the aim is to learn how to see. Some of the ideas you will find hard to believe and others will seem quite startling. It does not matter. You are merely asked to apply them to what you see. You are not asked to judge them nor even to believe them. You are asked only to use them. Remember only this. You need not believe them. You need not accept them. And you need not welcome them. Some of them you may actively resist. Whatever your reactions to the ideas may be, use them. Nothing more than this is required. We'll go to the lesson. <clears throat> lesson three. I do not understand anything I see in this room. On this street, from this window, in this place. 
Apply this idea in the same way as the previous ones without making distinctions of any kind. I'm sorry, can you, I don't know if you guys can hear that there's an alarm going off in my phone, I'm stopping it. Okay, <laughs> let me start that over. Lesson three, I do not understand anything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place. Apply this idea in the same way as the previous ones without making distinctions of any kind. Whatever you see becomes a proper subject for applying the idea. Be sure that you do not question the suitability of anything for the application of the idea. These are not exercises in judgment. The point of the exercises is to help you clear your mind of all past associations, to see things exactly as they appear to you now and to realize how little you really understand about them. It is therefore essential that you keep a perfectly open mind. Unhampered by judgment and selecting the things to which the idea for the day is to be applied. For this purpose, one thing is like another, equally suitable and therefore equally useful. Lesson three. I do not understand anything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place. Five minutes.
I'm going to read the review um, paragraph from Lesson 3. I do not understand anything I see. How can I understand what I see when I have judged it amiss? What I see is the projection of my own errors of thought. I do not understand what I see because it is not understandable. There is no sense in trying to understand it, but there is every reason to let it go and make room for what can be seen and understood and loved. I can exchange what I see now for this merely by being willing to do so. Is not this a better choice than the one I made before? Oops. Lesson three. I do not understand anything I see in this room, on the street, from this window, in this place. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, friend. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank, Thank you, you Fran. Thank you, Fran. Well, putting this lesson in context with the first two, um, actually the first five, but in, in the review section, it becomes um, the review lesson 51. It becomes real clear that with these first five lessons, I'm being asked to uh, release some things. In the first lesson, Nothing I see means anything. I'm being asked to release what I see as meaning. What, what I see as the meaning of everything. I'm being asked to release that. In the second lesson, I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me. I'm being asked to release my judgments about everything. It's, it gets interesting, doesn't it? Um, these lessons ask me to uh, be watching my mind, you know, not not judging it, but um, Fran, you picked up all the pieces of mind training so beautifully uh, in your introduction to these lessons. It's not about judging my mind. It's not about judging anything. It's about releasing judgments, and I can't do that unless I'm doing some mind watching, you know. Um, and of course, the, the lessons are training me uh, very meticulously to um, open my eyes, look around, and not uh, look so much at what I'm seeing, but watching my mind do the seeing. You see what I'm saying? Um, I, I can remember the first year I got it, and I've talked about this many times, but the first year... I'm going to say I got it. I didn't get anything. 
But the first year these lessons got me, the first year these lessons uh, brought to my awareness how my mind was working, I was intensely angry. I mean, I was angry irrationally, very irrationally. Um, and, and I'm saying I was angry. I had the experience of anger, um, which is different than I'm angry. It was the experience of anger that was so disorienting. Um, and that's the whole nature of these lessons. Um, the ego becomes unbalanced when I become aware of what it's doing. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so that's what these lessons do. They're not having me judge anything. They're just having me watch. Oh, I've given a lot of meaning to that. I've given a lot of meaning to that. I did that. I've made judgments about that. And I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing what I judge about it. And finally, for today, not finally, but today, I'm being asked to release my understanding of everything, which is based on my mind's errors projected. You know? Um, if mind doesn't uh, see correctly, doesn't understand, and judges, it's not going to understand what it sees. It's only going to understand what it's projecting. It's, um, it's a distinction um, that the lesson helps me make if I can just watch my mind without judgment. Um, and that's loosening. Uh, as a result, it's loosening the grasp uh, that mind has on its own beliefs and concepts. Making room for truth, you know. Talked about it before, the ego is, is a little bit like... Um, you know, if I, if I see myself in an ocean and the only thing I have to hang on to that saves me is a pool noodle, uh, I'm going to hang on to that pool noodle for dear life. And that's a lot like the grasp that ego has to mind or mind has to ego. And Holy Spirit is not going to take that away from me, but Holy Spirit is going to show me how I can release that because it constricts me. It holds me tight. It binds me um, to a very uh, tiny life, <laughs> an empty shell, as he says. I'm complete. Thanks. Oh, the security of the pool noodle. <laughs> I love that, Lori. Thank you. Um, I oh, thank really you, Lori. Lori, it's... For me, uh, I think a lot of what you said sums it up in paragraph 45. And the lessons are really clear because they're telling us we don't understand anything. That's only our own perception. And if we can release that judgment of why we judged in the first place, what, what was it that we even came to this judgment in the first place? What was that, you know? Um, 45, the soul never loses its communion with God. I love that because it's always, the truth has always stood there. You know, our, our um, wavering from the truth began the trouble we had. Only the mind needs the atonement. The miracle joins the atonement, bringing us back to God with Christ's mind. 
the miracle joins in the atonement of Christ by placing the mind in the service of the spirit. Here we are. We're coming back to the perfect place of um, why these, what these lessons are trying to reestablish in ourselves. Re. <laughs> it's interesting. And the word good. We're all good. And in that word stands God. And in our goodness, it's just trying to lead us back to his mind, you know, his thinking. He establishes the proper function of the mind and corrects all its errors. For some reason, that just really stood out in my mind while reading this today and joining in um, again with what you were just talking about. And I think these lessons are very important because if we can really go back to the nothingness, to the unknowing, we can begin again. We can get back on track with how we are to see things. And um, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Diana, and thank you for highlighting that paragraph. Thank you. Hi, good morning, guys. Jude, Um, I love the clarity of your shares this morning. Simple and clear, Lori, thank you. Um, in, In the second paragraph of the lesson three today, it says the point of the exercise is to help you clear your mind of all past associations to see things exactly as they appear to you now and to realize how little you really understand about them. And, you know, the, the, the obviousness, I've always had this, don't deny the obvious. <laughs> it keeps it simple for me. If I forget everything I know from, you know, five, from five minutes ago past the point to the point where I was born, I wouldn't know what anything was. I wouldn't know a thing about anything or anybody. It would be the first time I saw it or experienced it. And um, I would be, be in an absolute state of wondering, what is this? What is this? And, and to that unsealed and open mind, perfectly open mind, unhampered by any judgment. And the Course teaches us that all judgment is based on our past experience, and that salvation is complete release from the past. Everything the world taught me, everything I think, everything Judy thinks she knows. So in a perfectly open mind, which I'm reading from the lesson, unhampered by judgment, in this, um, you know, applying this, applying this idea, um, the purpose, um, everything has is like another equally suitable and therefore equally useful, Um, that I look on everything as equal and the same, which is um, the idea of unconditional love comes to me, that everything is looked upon equally and the same. Nothing has any special importance. Um, nothing is more important than anything else. Um, nothing is more or less equal of unconditional love. It's all the same. What is the same cannot be different. And what it's like, um, 
and what is one cannot have separate parts. To see this year everything is alike and the same. And ergo, there I go. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Judy. Very clear. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I just, I just want to um, really express my gratitude to JC and the Holy Spirit, being of one mind, um, who undoes judgment for me, because I know that wasn't something that I wasn't so mindful of every judging thought that I ever had. It just seemed to diminish and diminish and diminish um, as I um, willingly participated in in doing the the daily exercises as, um, you know, instructed. And, and Lori, you said that um, that they, the exercises did you, and, and that's just exactly the same way I, f- I feel about it. He's doing it for me. I'm not doing it. He's undoing Judy for our one self, restoring us to, to the one-mindedness, the one, one-spiritedness of um, what is true true and, and, and what is love. Thank you very much. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Judy. You talked about levels last year. I was uh, I had a lot of trouble with that, and I talk about levels um, again in the book um, in this lesson. What are the different levels? Once again, that put you know, Christ of course is the perfect. That's where we're striving to be with any of our thinking, but. How can you explain the levels they're referring to? Um, he, um, does anybody else want to jump in on that? Because I'm not going to... I'm, to I'm referring that. to number 41, paragraph 41. Uh-huh. This place, the spirit at the center, it places the spirit at the center. By perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment. That's what I'm referring to, that sentence. Okay. And, and in, that, um, in that paragraph, I'm going to just turn to it right now. Yeah, paragraph open. 41. Yeah. Paragraph 41. Mm-hmm. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring his creations, affirming their protection perfection. They heal because because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification. 
by perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment. And in that sentence, by perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels. We're talking about levels of awareness, body, mind, and spirit. I can be aware of my body as I sit here. I can be aware of my mind as I watch my thoughts. And I can also be aware of my spirit, the spirit within me, when I go within and find that place where I know the truth abides. Okay? And he wants us to know. And in these seven lessons, he wants us to know that our true reality, our eternal reality, the place where all of our perfection and abundance lie, is in our soul, our perfect soul. He says, how does that, uh, that quote come? Man's only, the soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's only reality is his soul. Okay? So when I am soul identified, um, we can say uh, that I am in my right mind. Uh, I can also say the altar to truth is where my awareness is, not you know in my body or in my mind, but I'm just in the silence of presence where the altar to truth abides. He further says, the only gift appropriate for that altar is the atonement, the atonement of Christ, the correction of all my mind errors that ever involved fear or judgment or anything except the awareness of love's presence. When I say I accept atonement for myself, I say I accept Christ's mind as my own. Some more about the soul. Being in a state of grace forever. Your only reality is your soul. Your soul is where the altar to truth abides, where your awareness of presence abides, where your devotion to truth abides, where uh, there is no birth or death, your eternal reality. Um, let's see, your loving awareness, uh, where you're in communion with your whole mind, with God, and with God's creation. Um, all of that uh, awareness is um, is God's gift to me when I accept atonement for myself. I might not be instantly aware of the fact, in fact, in the Manual for Teachers we just read, that um, when I accept atonement for myself, I might not be aware at once of its inclusive nature. In fact, uh, it's very rare that a person is instantly aware of its inclusive nature. But every time I withdraw a judgment, which is the same as saying I forgive, <clears throat> whenever I withdraw a judgment or an understanding about something and let forgiveness light my mind, I am practicing a miracle. And that's what he means when he says in in paragraph or principle 29, uh, the choice for love, the choice for a miracle, uh, releases me from fear, 
fear being that condition of the separate ego mind. Um, the more I uh, make that choice for loving awareness through forgiveness, the more my perceptions are straightened out and my mind starts to be more spiritually aware, more aware of spirit, more aware of right-minded thinking. Okay. Um, he's talking about it again in, in Miracle Principle 30, where he says miracles praise God through men. That's why they heal. They heal that, that split awareness that um, ego mind gives us. You know, uh, when I'm only aware of my ego thoughts, uh, I have to make an effort to, okay, what's the truth of this? And slide my mind toward the spiritual realm by asking Holy Spirit the truth. That's a consequence of my split mind, you see. Um, the reason miracles praise God for men is because they affirm soul identification. And identified with soul, I no longer experience that split mind. And when I don't have a split mind, I don't project split mind onto what I see, you see. Um, I, my mind is becoming healed of, of its errors. It's a consequence of that split awareness, the mind error that causes me all this confusion in the world causes me all this confusion in perception. It destroys my communication with my brothers, with creation, with God. But when the miracle of atonement lights my mind and it's healed of that split, it's the split in my mind. When it's healed of that split, I am no longer identified with separation. You see, um, I'm soul identified, where all the truth is, where love is. Um, I, I don't want to labor this, um, but I, no, I you made it helped. very clear. And you made it very clear the three levels of body, mind, and spirit. You know, we have it. It's right there in the puzzle. You know, what choice? Again, it comes down to our choice. And when we choose Christ, when we choose right mind thinking, then we are in a, in a line outside of our body. Although yeah. we have this body, this, our awareness is sharp. It allows us easily, more easily to come back to right mind. And I appreciate your description. Thank you, Lori. Okay. Well, I'm coming to know. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I loved it, and I love that you said withdrawing judgment is forgiveness. That will stay with me. Thank you. Yeah, that was great, Lori. Are you? Were you finished? Did you have more? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Oh, that was great. I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Lori, I was just recalling um, a way that you 
you put it into perspective um, via the the axis of the vertical and along the line of the horizontal and the vertical, and um, that was helpful to me. Thank you. I'm complete. Point me to Judy. And and that's why, um, you know, I wanted to highlight that in um, where do, which paragraph is it that says it starts out with revelation. Let's see here. 29, principle 29. In paragraph 40, yeah. Uh, it was a long time before I realized that um, vertical and horizontal relationship um, with regard to atonement. I mean, atonement is the one miracle, okay? The miracle upon all, uh, upon which all miracle working is based. The fact that there's nothing but unity in the mind of God, that everything, Everything is contained within the mind of God. This soul is a, a capital T thought in the mind of God. Um, the fact that 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 is true, you know, he says in fact that the atonement is a fact. It is a fact. Um, the mind can be unaware of it, but Excuse that doesn't change it as a fact. Yes. Excuse me for interrupting, but I just want to say this is where the super consciousness is, the heavenly part of our mind that's revelation ready. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and in the holy instant when, um, when uh, all of this is uh, conveyed uh, and all communication is restored with the mind of God and truth comes to the awareness uh, of presence, um, God is able to accomplish this all at once, you see. Um, the mind <laughs> uh, needs to loosen a lot of connections, uh, you know, before that. Um, well, I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, we all come to the holy instant somehow uh, by grace, you know. And uh, and somehow by grace, uh, the mind is enlightened uh, with understanding, um, and and that can happen, uh, you know. For me, it happened a long, long time ago, but um, it was a long time before I realized that in that same event, unity with all creation was also mine, you see? And and so um, that's why he's talking about revelation being that thing that you can't communicate. But he says he wants the content of revelation returned to him through its awareness of its relationship with creation, through its relationships with creation. You see, on a horizontal axis, uh, unity is also restored with all of creation, which means that if I'm projecting mind errors uh, on my brothers 
in judging them with my projections, I'm going to lose some awareness of my own truth, not to, not to mention how I lose awareness of the truth of my brother. And if I lose awareness of the truth of my relationship to creation, I will also feel distant from my creator, um, which is why forgiveness is forgiveness is our, our tool. Because every time I withdraw a judgment that I've made, I'm restored to truth. My relationship to whatever is restored to truth, and I'm restored or... Uh, like he says in paragraph 40, miracles induce revelation. Revelation doesn't cause miracles in relationship to creation. Rather, as I make a choice for love with my whatever um, situation I'm in, when I make a choice for love or ask for the miracle or ask for the correction, another word for the atonement, my mind is straightened out in terms of my horizontal relationship with whatever, a miracle takes place, I shift, and that places my mind back in right relationship with my creator, with my source. That's why miracles are a means, you see, um, for uh, the restoration of my relationship to source. That's why I have a lot of learning to do, <laughs> you know, um, which is nothing more than uh, forgiveness, you know, withdrawing my judgments, um, which is, in a true sense, unlearning, not learning, um, but unlearning uh, those things that I taught myself. Um, miracles become the means. In, uh, and as he says, you know, the real miracle is the love on which they're based. Um, so anyway, I'm complete. Oh, thank you. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I just I'm love be quiet now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that the book honors our holiness. You know, it tells us that we are miracles. That we are holy. And that the soul, when we are, you know, not thinking right, it never loses the communication of God, and only the mind needs the atonement. So when we can begin with forgiving ourselves and aligning ourselves willingly back up to Christ's mind, then miracles begin to flow again. And and the right perception of who we are comes begins to take its right place. And so anyway, I I appreciate um, all the shares today. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. Thanks, Diana. I think I I heard Patricia in there. Did I? Mm -hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. I stay silent because uh, here in the woods, I don't know when I'm directed to share my voice. Thank you. You all directed me to go to that 41 and 
Laurie, thank you for hearing my, the breath of my excitement. The breath of my excitement to go to that 41, 30 point, 3-0 point. Miracles praise God through men. As I listen to you all, I'm going to ask life to talk through these words. What about perfection? Miracles praise God. Perfection praises God. How about Perfection praises the eternal. The eternal we need. That which needs no correction. The eternal. What if God means the eternal? And what if miracles in that sentence means when perfection praises the eternal? And then the next two words through, and this one evolved in front of me, leaving all the past behind. It went through me, through you, through humanity, through reality, through what you see. What if perfection praises the eternal through? And in two form. I praise this eternal by honoring my creation, affirming your and all I see as God perfection. We united here simply because we know we are not a body. We heal because we release all physical See the eternal perfection as our identity to affirm the eternal soul identity in you. And by perceiving our spirit, we know every level. We bow to every level we see. We do not override or judge or blame that level we see. We bow and adjust our silence to receive what we see in proper alignment. No need to understand that other now. As proper alignment is my vow. 
This places you and me at the center of all that we see today. We are the miracle, the soul that communicate directly and Helen is so, so much here to say rises on my girls and sons, my brothers and sisters. You are more directly sharing than than Jesus has ever done because you are our miracle, praising the eternal through humanity. Wasn't that a great paragraph to read and own and live? Thank you, Lord, for hearing my breath that just overwhelmed me with what words can do when miracles praise God through men. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you very much. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Hi, this is Ida. Good morning. Um, I was feeling pretty badly this morning. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, very well. Mm-hmm. Good. And then I'm feeling somewhat better now. Um, emotionally, that is. Um, I took a Flower essence I have called violet curls. That's the name of the flower, and it's for. It says it's for um, when your emotions are all bunched up together and they're like congested. And um, I talked to a friend who's on the previous call, and uh, those two things I think helped me a lot. But I just wanted to share that with you. Um, it, um, whoa, um, I just felt strong energy going through me also, that, um, I'm sure it's good energy, and I felt it a little bit earlier today, too, and, um, makes me want to, like, lower my head and, and, like, let my breath out, I guess when it hits the top of my head, maybe, and, um, just in case somehow it talking with you guys would help me and I, I think it probably will, you know. Um thanks so much. I love you guys and gals. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. 
Thank you, Ida. Thank you. You know, there's something that happens to the mind. Uh, I want to bring this up because it really rocks my world. Um, something wonderful happens with my mind when I know that someone is thinking of me, a good thought, or praying for me. Um, when that awareness finally um, landed, it put me in a position where uh, I started looking for the evidence of help, you know, because I knew someone was praying for me. Now, instead of looking at my problem, I found my mind looking for evidence of relief from the problem, you know, uh, all because I knew that someone was praying for me. And I'm just certain that that's why the miracle principle, whatever it is, let me look at the number, because, um, yeah, let's see. Miracles are intercessions is the way that paragraph starts. Inspire gratitude, never lose your holiness. There it is. Miracle principle number 32. Christ inspires all miracles, which are really intercessions. They intercede for man's holiness and make his perceptions holy. Um, the miracle arrives in my mind as a consequence, he says later on in this work, as a consequence of faith, belief, and vision. A very good beginning is awareness of intercession. Uh, Christ, of course, is always interceding for us because Christ is the atonement. Um, Holy Spirit intercedes for us. We're told in the Bible that the Holy Spirit prays in you constantly. The Holy Spirit prays in you constantly with groanings too deep for utterance. That's the prayer of the heart. Okay? The heart is always making that prayer. But my mind can be unaware of that. However, when I know that someone's praying for me, a person, a person is wishing good for me, a person has my best interests at heart, a person is thinking of me with generosity and gratitude, when I'm aware of that, all of a sudden, my mind does something different. As I said, instead of looking at my thing that's troubling me, so much, I look for the evidence of help because I've been shown that someone is doing that for me. If someone is interceding on my behalf, Jesus is interceding on my behalf, Holy Spirit's interceding on my behalf. Where is the evidence of that? When I'm aware of that, I can't, um, I can't maintain. It becomes very difficult to maintain my problem awareness because I'm looking in a different direction. So as your mind, um, as I said, can only serve and it only has two choices. And when I'm looking for the evidence of vision or love, I can't at the same time devote my full attention to my problem. I think that's really cool. I, I love that we're created that way. Um, that there's two choices, only one of which is true. And when I start to point my 
awareness towards truth. The witnesses, he calls it, the witnesses for truth show up in my awareness. Oh, it's a marvelous thing. So Ida, let me say that I'm wishing you well. And uh, and let that be a blessing to your mind. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for asking for that because it's a blessing to me to bless you. You know, isn't that cool? I love that too. So oh, that's really cool. anyway, and also I want to let you know that it works the other way around. What you were just saying because recently I when I felt that energy that I was just describing to you over the phone. And similar energies going through me, I said to myself, you know, that feels good. That's good energy. And I said to myself, that's because oh, that because somebody is praying for me. So it was how about that? <laughs> you know, too. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate your fine words and um, and the thought and the love behind them. That's very cool. Thank you very much. Uh, That was beautiful, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Fran. I wish you the best, Ida. Always. Oh, thank you. Always. Thank you. I wish you the best always, too, friend. And it's almost oh, always in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I know if I persevere, it will be over by later on today, <laughs> by lunchtime. Uh, it should be over because that's always what happens. And because I do the course with you, you guys and with the people on Reverend Pan's call and Reverend Pan and um, it really helps and as I'm saying it again I can feel it um, energetically thank you I'm complete goody goody thank you thanks for sharing that good morning this is Dr. Ida Ida and Lori, that was really a great example of a miracle in action. And what is a miracle? Miracle is making that choice to respond to um, your brother or sister or to your, your own self, body, mind, soul. So as I... Um, you know, let my guard down and let people know when I need help or respond, which is in the present moment. All miracles are in this moment. It's not something of the mind. Um, I'm thinking about the past or the future. It's in this moment, and that's why it's called a miracle. Thank you for showing me that example. Thank you. Love you, Ida. Oh, that's sweet. Jennifer, thank you.
Well, I think I'm going to um, close this recording. Let's see. I made a real simple little simple little thing. I like to keep it kind of simple. I'll end this recording with just a, a straightforward little summary of these seven principles. Um, and and, uh, and then after the recording's ended, of course, it's customary. We stay on the call a little bit, if you like. Uh, but for principle, Miracle Principle 29, miracles are a way of earning release from fear. And in this phase of learning, choosing miracles is important because freedom from fear cannot be thrust upon me. Miracle Principle 30, miracles praise God through men by honoring his creations and affirming their perfection. They heal by soul identification and with spirit at the center, souls can communicate directly even wordlessly. Miracle Principle 31, miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. The miracle honors the holiness of the children of God. It acknowledges only the truth that eternal reality belongs only to the soul. Man's illusions about himself are thus dispelled, putting him in communion with himself and God the healed mind. Miracle Principle 32, Christ inspires all miracles which intercede for man's holiness and make his perceptions holy. Raised to the sphere of celestial order, man is perfect. Miracle Principle 31, miracles honor man because he is lovable. They dispel illusions and perceive the light in him. Thus they atone for his errors by freeing him from his own nightmares. The mind freed from illusions becomes aware of the spirit within it. And the atonement restores the soul to its proper place. <clears throat> the mind that serves the spirit is invulnerable. Miracle Principle 34, miracles restore the soul to its fullness. The strength of the soul leaves no room for intrusions. The forgiven are filled with the soul and forgiven return, and it's the duty of the released to release their brothers. Miracles are the way in which minds that serve the spirit unite with Christ for the release of all God's creations. And finally, 35, miracles are expressions of love. Christ is the atonement, and you have a role in the atonement which I will dictate to you. By acting under direct communication, you'll be spared from exhaustion. That's just perfect. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, your thoughts and experiences and, and your unlearnings uh, here on this call as we as we advance together. I'm sure grateful.